Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam, and welcome to the fifth and final part of our five-part, originally three-part, series of episodes devoted to the state of Star Wars. Um, so, episode one, we did Alphabet Squadron, the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker, we did, um, but there was definitely another one in there too, but I don't remember it. Uh, episode two, we covered The High Republic, some of the comics from IDW, we covered the, um, uh, what was the other one we did in there? The, uh, um, uh, oh, so the two books that have come out, not including the mid-grade, not including the multiple mid-grade books that have come out, um, but we have, we did cover the, um, young adult book from Claudia Gray and the, uh, the full adult book, um, then we, uh, part three, covered the remaining books that came out, um, the Padme books, the, um, what's it called, the, uh, I forgot what the other one was, uh, oh, the Thrawn book, and then we looked at the future, the Thrawn books came out this year, some of the other higher public books that are coming out this year, and the, um, what's it called, the, uh, um, the new Padme book that's coming at the end of the year, and the since-canceled Mandalorian book. Uh, and now in part five, uh, part four, we looked at The Mandalorian, um, and what they did over there, as well as the end of the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the end of The Clone Wars, which season eight of The Clone Wars on Disney+, Plus. um, and now this episode we're gonna look to the future. Uh, what do they have coming down the pipe for, uh, the world of Star Wars? I'm gonna start out with The Bad Batch coming out next month. Uh, a little over a month from now, um, on May 4th, is The Bad Batch, um, which is a spin-off of The Clone Wars about the, 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 uh, the clones that were introduced in, uh, the, you know, titular Bad Batch, uh, episodes of, um, what's it called, uh, of season eight, season eight of The Clone Wars, the final season of The Clone Wars they were introduced. Now, these characters, um, this will be a, uh, what's it called? A spin-off of the Clone Wars, but not the Clone Wars Season 8. But we'll see what happens from there. I'm pretty excited to see where they go with this. Um, I believe, if I remember correctly, that Fennec Shand is going to have a role in this. Um, played by, uh, actress from the, uh, what's it called? Actress from the TV show, um, Ming-Na Wen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. This is going to take place between episodes... Uh, three and four. Uh, there's also the Captain Cassian Andor live action show about the uh, about Diego Luna's character from episode from uh, Rogue One. Uh, about it's a prequel to what he obviously he dies in Rogue One, but uh, it's a prequel about how he got to where he is because he was a defector from the uh, Imperial Army. That is currently filming. I don't think that's going to make this year. I think it's going to come next year. Um, I don't think we have an official release date. Same goes for the other one, uh, Kenobi, which is also taking place in episodes three and four. A lot of news about this, uh, with uh, Hayden Christensen um, said to be reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker, um, probably in a Force stream. Um, it would be. They, it is possible that um, Obi Wan and Anakin could face each other. Uh, one more time, because it would be, you know, on, in character for Anakin to be seeking out Obi-Wan, considering that he knows Obi-Wan's still alive after, um, episode three, because they fought, and 
Obi-Wan did the inhumane thing, cut off his, two of his legs, one of his arms, and let him on fire, and then was like, all right, I loved you like a brother, but go rot. Um, so it, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing to see what they're going to do with that. Uh, I heard they were casting young Luke for that, and when I say young Luke, I don't mean Sebastian Stan. Young Luke, I mean young Luke as in, like, child Luke, um, which could be good. Um, and I'm, I'm, that's the one I think I'm most excited for uh, going forward. There is also um, The Acolyte, which is from the creator of uh, Russian Dolls, um, takes place toward the end of the High Republic, and it's supposed to be the catalyzing event that transitions the era from the High Republic to the era of the Republic we are in at the, uh, what's it called? At the, uh, at the, and for the Skywalker saga, the Twilight of the Republic era, um, which is pretty interesting to say the least. Um, it appears more and more as we go on between the Afro comics that's currently ongoing and what's going on in uh, Marvel's comic and IDW's comic and uh, what's going on in the books themselves that the Dreg- the, uh, the Dregnir are more and more appearing to be the, the actual dark side bad guys and not the Sith. And if you don't remember from the episode uh, a, few, a few back, they are the kind of, like, dark side version of Ents from Lord of the Rings. Um, think, like, Treebeard, but, like, evil and stuff. That, that's basically what it is. And if you're curious about why I'm referencing Lord of the Rings so much, because I'm reading the books currently. I have finished uh, Fellowship of the Ring and The Two Towers, and I'm about to start... Return of the King after I finish up what else is on my reading list currently. Um, There's a system to the madness. Um, So, that's another cool thing that's coming up. Um, Then there is, in terms of movies, we know Taika Waititi is doing a movie. We know that Ryan Johnson's movies are still there, but they're not priority one. They are still in, in like, pre-production, early stages of, like, writing, plotting out the story, and, you know, getting an idea of what they're going to do. They're still being worked on. Ryan Johnson self-confirmed that. Um, then there was, um, the only movie we have confirmed is the next one on the schedule, which I believe is 2022, and that is, uh, the Rogue Squadron movie, with Patty Jenkins directing. I think it's a great choice. I think Patty Jenkins as a director is is phenomenal. And if you give her a chance to really stretch her legs and do whatever you want, that's a really cool idea. As long as she's writing the script. Because I think a lot of the problems we get into when we get to Star Wars is that the writer and the director aren't always on the same page. Um, and in cases where they are, um, they're not doing... Okay, let me rephrase this. The, the writer of the movie doesn't necessarily um, co- corroborate collaborate with the story group. Um, and then on top of it, they won't... The writer, if it's an independent writer from the... Uh, what's it called? If it's an independent writer from the... Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, from the director... That they're not always on the same page. And that's how you end up with, say, Solo, uh, where Lord and Miller end up getting fired off the movie um, because they weren't doing exactly what Kasdan wanted, which, when you hire Lord and Miller, who are two very deeply improvisational directors and known for that, 
then I don't know what you would expect when it's like, oh, they're not sticking exactly to the script. It's like, well, no, that you hired the wrong people to do this. Time. It all worked out for the best because then they went on to do Into the Spider-Verse, which is a phenomenal movie. But it, it, it kind of makes sense. Now, as long as Patty Jenkins is writing and all of that, and she's corroborating with other people, because I don't know how deeply she goes into Star Wars. It's the same problem with, say, J.J. or Ryan Johnson or Colin Trevorrow. It's how deeply do they go into the expanded universe stuff to really make sure that they're not kind of stepping on the toes of any of the other creators who are working, because that's kind of a big deal for me, is that you're bringing in these creators to kind of tell a story and tell the story they want to with basically open, you know, whatever they want to do within the confines of the movies. It's kind of wrong to not also give the same courtesy in the other direction, especially if you're billing it where everything is the same level of canon now. Um, so I, I think that's another fundamental issue here that they need to work on. Uh, and that's been a, a running thread through the entire thing is that the story group is not consulted on movie production and vice versa. And it's kind of creating these issues where they're, they're kind of throwing off the back foot trying to retcon things. Um, so it's just that, like the, the producers of the movie don't care what's going on down there because they, they're never going to do that in all likelihood and vice versa. They're like the writers of the books are never going to, you know, write and direct a movie in all likelihood because it's two different skill sets. Now, the other thing I want to really address with this is that I think I can say with almost certainty, even though it hasn't been formally announced yet, I can, I think that Chris Pine has a major role in the Ro- in the Rogue Squadron movie. Um, and, and let me explain why. Lucasfilm is a very deeply secretive company when it comes to what's going on on the inside and what story's happening. Now, they it, it's to the point where we, like, we, the audience, don't know what's coming because, you know, they don't want us to know until we're seeing the movie, for better or for worse. But at the same time, they were highly secret about the fact that they're doing the High Republic. Like, think about it. That's a virtually inoffensive thing they're announcing. And they look at the secrecy that went into that. I mean, that alone should tell you what we're dealing with. Yet, during the press tour for uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which is Patrick Jenkins' most recent movie prior to Rogue, uh, Rogue Squadron, um, and I, I think that Rogue Squadron's an odd choice, especially considering Rogue One is also a movie. Um, I don't know. Um, but if they're letting her do whatever she wants, if she says, I want to do a Rogue Squadron movie, then that's a good sign. Uh, if they said, we're doing a Rogue Squadron movie, and now let's find a director that's going to mash into that pretty well, and like, let's do Patty Jenkins, it's uh, a little bit less uh, reassuring, but I still trust Patty Jenkins enough in her decision-making to, to, to make a good enough movie. Um, but that said, um, Chris Pine on the press tour was talking about how he's heard about what's going to happen in the Rogue Squadron movie, and he's very excited for it. Now, considering how secretive everything is from the audition process to the the production process to the entire, like, movie-making um, production process, I mean, for lack of a better word, um, they, it, it doesn't make sense for him to have that much information. Like, even, like, when you hear auditioning, uh, people auditioning for, for Star Wars, they don't know the names of the characters they're auditioning for because it's so secret. And they can't tell anyone 
who they're auditioning for, or, or like there are so many NDAs that get put in to the to, to this process for for Lucasfilm that I don't believe that Chris Pine would be given that much information without having a role in the movie. And considering the fact that he's Chris Pine, I would assume he's probably a leading role because he's a leading man at this point. Um, his role may be more supporting in Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984, uh, and not so much a direct, like, he's not the, like, the number, he, he's top build, he's the top build man in the movie, but, um, like, he, he's led three Star Trek movies, he, I, I would, I would guarantee that if he's in this movie, he's in a leading role, um, because you're not gonna pay Chris Pine to just be a supporting cast member, um, in this movie, so, that's not confirmed yet, but that's just my speculation based on what we've heard in press briefings and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we'll see what comes, especially considering if the movie's going to hold its 2022 release date, which I believe it still is, unless it got moved to 2023. Um, and uh, I, either way, it, they, they do have to start getting things together reasonably soon, be it start production or, you know, make some casting announcements to kind of generate interest. Because, like, they do have, like, for better or worse, the sequel trilogy happened and it did kind of fracture the fan base. Um, and it did, it, it, it did create a lot of open wounds. So you need to start getting out there, getting ahead of this, and putting in, this is what's happening, this is what we're doing, and, you know, get ready for this, this is what we're doing. Um, I still think it's a mistake for them to spend all this time going through the, um, the, the original trilogy era. Um, but, you know, it's about money at the end of the day, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to go with us the most money. And if they want asses and seats, apparently original trilogy sells. So we will wrap up there for today. Uh, and that will wrap up our five-episode series on uh, what is going on with Star Wars. Um, and um, we will be doing an episode about what's coming from Marvel um, in uh, a few days. Um, as well as what's coming from DC. And just to bring everyone up to date on where we are in the... Uh, what's it called? in the state of pop culture. So uh, we'll wrap up there for today. Until then, have a great rest of your evening.